and welcome to 5MI Weekly. Today I'd like to do something a little bit different from past 5MI Weekly episodes. I'd like to employ you and your investigative mind to help me solve a sexual problem. And no, you're not going to be helping me solve a personal sexual problem. Now that I think about it, it's much more than just a problem. It's a sexual conundrum. A conundrum so big, it made me change the title of this video from Sex is Simple to Oy vey, Humans Make Sex So Confusing. The conundrum I would like you to help me solve is finding exactly who is to blame for making sex confusing. So what do you think? Will you help me solve this conundrum? Before you answer, know this. If this conundrum is not solved, its ramifications will continue. And its ramifications are vast. They include societal, personal, psychological, and economic problems, such as unwanted and unintended pregnancies, sexually transmitted infections, fear, anxiety, and depression, sexual stereotypes, prejudice, and discrimination, low self-esteem, confused self-concept, and poor body image, shame and guilt, poor communication within relationships, poverty, domestic and family violence, sexual assault and rape, and murder. Let me be clear about something. Sex itself, nor the knowledge of sex, is not causing these problems. Instead, what is causing these problems is humans making sex confusing. If we find who is making sex confusing and stop them from doing so, these problems have the possibility of being eliminated. It's official. I'm assuming you're helping me. So let's begin our search for the sex confusers by defining what sex is. Biologists and psychologists define sex as being one of four fundamental parts of being human, with the other three parts being feeding, fighting, and flighting. These are the basic motivators of our behavior, and the primary purpose of these motivators is to allow for our survival. Feeding energizes our survival. Fighting is the assertiveness to gain what we need for our survival. Flighting is the ability to stay away from what is dangerous to our survival. And sex's primary purpose is... Uh-oh. This is where it begins getting confusing. What is sex's primary purpose? If we ask biologists, they'll tell us it's reproduction. If we ask psychologists, they'll tell us it's happiness. If we ask sociologists, they'll tell us it's family. If we ask theologians, they'll tell us it's God. And if we ask our parents, they'll tell us, don't do it. To make sense of this cacophony of answers, the research scientists Cindy Meston and David Buss of the University of Texas at Austin did a really weird thing. Instead of asking theologians, parents, biologists, psychologists, or YouTube stars why they think people have sex, they actually asked people why they do have sex. When doctors Meston and Buss did this, people answered with 237 different reasons. 
and the bulk of these reasons had a single theme. Pleasure. Thus, although us humans have sex for a variety of reasons, most of these reasons come simply down to pleasure. As much as energy, assertiveness, and an awareness of danger is at our core for survival, so too is pleasure. Interestingly, throughout our lifespans, we know sex's primary purpose is pleasure. But we're so bombarded by the sex confusers telling us we don't know this or we should know something else, we often forget this simple truth. If you're interested in confirming you've always known this about your own sexuality, then take part in this thought experiment. Calculate the number of times you have had and will have sex over your lifetime. Keep this number in your mind because you are about to do two things to it. First, take from this number the number of times you will have or have had sex for reproduction purposes only. Second, take from this number the number of times you will have or have had sex for pleasure purposes only. Now compare these two numbers. Which number is greater? For that matter, which number is way, way, way greater? It's clear biologists, psychologists, sociologists, theologians, and parents' reasons for the primary purpose of sex are not based upon data. So what are they basing their reasons on? Maybe this is where we'll find the sex confusers by searching for where we learn about sex. Where, and for that matter, whom we first learn about sex from is ourselves. Look in a mirror, for you are our first suspect for being a sex confuser. Are you guilty? We humans begin learning about sex through self-exploration, as early as within the womb during the third trimester of pregnancy and we continue with physical self-explorations through at least early childhood. Our self-exploration's purpose is to discover erogenous zones, which are sensitive areas of the body. Based upon our self-explorations, we decide whether these physical zones are painful, ticklish, or pleasurable. Sex is sensual during this first stage of learning. It is simple. It is truthful. We are not confusing ourselves about our own sexuality. Thus, you are not guilty of the charges of being a sex confuser. Developmentally speaking, the next place we learn about sex from is within our home, from our parents. Thus, the next suspects for being sex confusers are our parents. Learning about sex from our parents primarily comes from and coincides with language development. Young children simply want words to attach to the things they have been discovering about their bodies. But the vast majority of parents, instead of giving children words to communicate about their sensuality, give children confusions in the form of codes, anecdotes, and euphemisms, none of which children's sensory motor and pre-operational minds can understand. Simply put, children want and in fact developmentally need sexually denotative words like vulva for vulva and penis for penis 
but instead are more likely to learn sexually connotative words like cookie for vulva and wee-wee for penis. Imagine if parents did this for body parts other than the vulva or penis. A set of parents systematically teaching their child to use the word wang noodles for eyes, honey pots for cheeks, and vajayjays for ears. These parents would likely be put in jail for being so intentionally abusive and neglectful to their child. And their child would be beyond confused about their eyes, cheeks, and ears. Unfortunately, we don't have to imagine parents intentionally doing this for body parts associated with pleasure and for their children being beyond confused about these body parts. Sexual language is intentionally made ambiguous during this stage of learning. It is made complicated. It is made deceitful. Parents confuse their children about pleasure, sensuality, and sexuality. Thus, parents are guilty of the charges of being a sex confuser. The next place we learn about sex from is school. And you might assume, as with any other academic topic, moral and ethical principles drive schools to present objective and truthful information about sex. But you know what they say about assuming. In fact, the vast majority of schools in the United States today can make up anything they want when it comes to the topic of sex. Only 20 of the United States require sex education to be taught using medically accurate and scientifically based sources of information. Whereas 30 of the United States can completely develop a sex education curricula based upon beliefs, opinions, and ideology alone. Hmm. Imagine if 30 of the United States could do this with other academic topics. Yes, Jimmy, two plus three does equal four. Yes, Juanita, there are 55 states that compose the United States. Yes, Juana, the Revolutionary War began in 1977. Because U.S. schools' sex education curricula are most likely to be based upon opinions, beliefs, and myths. They are guilty of the charges of being sex confusers. The next place we learn about sex from is our friends. Friends are the most likely source people use to gather information about sex. This is where it gets really weird and turns into a vicious cycle. For where are friends getting their information about sex? From the already convicted sex confuser parents who are talking in sex codes and the schools who are systematically lying about sex. The conviction of friends being sex confusers is a no-brainer because their principal sources of sex information, parents and schools, are sex confusers themselves. The last place we learn about sex from is the media. Whether this media be social media, mass media, movies, television, magazines, commercials, or even pornography. The media's existence and viability is based upon portraying sex in often unrealistic and dramatic terms to generate money or hits or likes or followers. Because the media is rooted in generating money, hits, likes, and followers, and not truth about sexuality, 
It mm. is guilty of the charges of being a sex confuser. It is time to thank you. You've helped solve my sexual conundrum. Parents, schools, friends, and the media are guilty of being sex confusers. But now that we know who the sex confusers are, what are we going to do with them? Shame them? Take away their driving privileges? Throw them in jail? Punishing parents, schools, friends, and the media may make us feel good for a moment or two, but it will not help eliminate the problems they have caused. Educating parents, schools, friends, and the media will help. And since you're the only one found not guilty of being a sex confuser, this education is up to you. It is up to you to educate your parents about sex. This education begins with talking clearly about sex using denotative words. Time to pick up the phone or pay your parents a visit. A vulva is indeed different from a vagina, which is indeed different from a clitoris. It is up to you to demand your city's schools teach sexuality from a science-based perspective, like any other topic it teaches. It is up to you to normalize talking about sex with your friends as you do with any other topic. It is you encouraging your friends to be aware of and critical about the sources of information used within your discussions about sex. It is up to you to contribute to social media in accurate ways, discerning primary sources of information about sex from secondary sources. And it is up to you to be aware of why different media sources exist, following their money, hits, likes, or followers. You are the solution. By educating the sex confusers, you make the problems they cause go away. And the awareness, intelligence, and wisdom that you share will make sex what it really is. The most powerful form of communication used by humans to obtain health, wellness, and happiness.